Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with My Black Grandpa. I hope you guys are all doing very, very well as school is probably starting for some of you guys. Thankfully, that is also the topic of today's episode, and hopefully it's something that you guys might be able to relate to in your own communities or know somebody whose community is also being affected by all these new laws and policies that different states like Board of Education keep on coming up. So with today's conversation, we really wanted to, you know, offer some types of different approaches that you can take with these policies. I asked Granddaddy some questions that are kind of on my mind and my heart and um, feel free to leave us some questions in our Q&A as well. You guys are, are you guys are capable of doing that and we really hope that you guys um, take advantage of that um, just, just to build more of a community with this podcast. That's all we really want is to build a community with this platform that we have. So I won't talk for this whole <laughs> episode and I'll see you guys on the flip side. Peace. How are you, Granddaddy? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. My senior year has started a couple of days Great. ago. Senior? Wow. Yep. <laughs> Time moves so fast. Yes, it's moving fast. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you, though. Mm. How do you feel about like the recent news reports? If you see them on like climate change and how we're like having like the worst the most amount of heat and like it's kind of irreversible how do you feel about that well i think that in every situation we know the only thing that's permanent is change mm -hmm. we can rest assured that something will change mm -hmm. and our best way of dealing with change is to change and to be <laughs> able to adjust the, the word for that is called adaptability. And uh, it's kind of the story of the dinosaur. They were unable to adapt. And so they became extinct. Hmm. Now, of course, two things. One is, if you're creating a destructive environment, then I would say we should stop doing it. Uh, if you're destroying your own environment but in also there are people who are greedy they make money from destroying the environment mm -hmm. and uh, in doing so they do it for the money they are short term thinkers so I would say in that case the government is kind of tolerating the capitalists who want to make money destroying the environment and since the government is on their side, then we have to think for ourselves and start asking ourselves, what can we do to become uh, adjusted, more adjusted to our environment? I would assume that food production will have a problem in the future because of this straight-line, single-minded approach and no diversity in our life cycle, mm -hmm. we have to then start looking at how we can become more connected to the way God put things in place, how we produce food, how we manage to deal with changes in the environment. 
And that means that we should become less decentralized, I should say, less centralized and more decentralized. Doing more for ourselves and not depending on systems to maintain our standard of living. Hmm. I agree. I like what you said about um, not relying on systems. I think systems kind of rely on us to make sure that they are done properly. You can't just have a system be a system. You need to play your part in making sure that system was built accordingly. What do you think? Well, I think every system has a point where we participate. Even systems that hurt, Mm -hmm. we have to participate in that too. Uh, Systems that um, give us difficulties. In other words, a system is put in place to benefit something or somebody or some group. But in the process of benefiting a group, it oftentimes victimizes somebody. Mm. And those who are victimized, in a way, are cooperating with the system. Uh, because they may give you something short-term that you like. Like entertainment looks like something good. But entertainment can have all kinds of of destructive influences in it. The language, the activities, and so on. So in something called entertainment, you might find that you're cooperating by you buying the movies, you're participating in this social media. You are uh, buying the music. You are uh, playing for the for the games that are being played, and they may be destructive games like uh, Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. Uh, so we may be participating in our own destruction because of the short-term benefits that we might think we're getting. And thus, we're feeding the system so it can continue to destroy us. I see this pattern of people wanting short-term benefits instead of long-term benefits. At the top and at the bottom, whether you're um, the person who set up the system to receive, you know, the short-term benefits in terms of money, or you're at the bottom or like kind of the victim end of the system and receiving short-term like pleasure satisfaction. But that is not what we are talking about today. Okay. Uh, we are talking about, uh, I've been doing some reading, a little researching, um, specifically about like different departments of education within like the South. And I came across um, the Department of Education of Tennessee and some prohibited concepts that they have, I'm guessing recently, um, kind of put into place. And I'm going to read some of these prohibited concepts to you now. Um, Number one, one race or, oh wait, no, let me read the top. The following concepts are are prohibited concepts that shall not be included or promoted in a course of instruction, curriculum, instructional program, or in supplemental instructional materials. Again, Department of Education of Tennessee. Number one, one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. They can't teach that. An individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex is inherently privileged 
racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or subconsciously. Let me scroll and move down a little bit. Um, an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. Um, um, I'm not going to read that one because I don't know what that one is. Oh, the state or the United States is fundamentally or irredeemably racist or sexist. Um, that's another one. They can't teach that in school. Uh, let me do one more. Uh, the rule of law does not exist, but instead is series of power relationships and struggles among racial or other groups. So as you can see, granddaddy, I don't think you can teach (laughs) in your state in Tennessee. (laughs) I'm just playing. But again, those are some prohibited concepts that the Department of of Education in Tennessee say that they cannot teach when I'm guessing it comes into terms with like slavery of U.S. history Um, whatever you want to call it. And I just want to know what your initial thoughts are on that. Well, I think an oppressor remains an oppressor, Mm. even when he's claiming that he's not. Because that's oppressive, what you just said. You see, once I commit the crime, now the oppression is that don't mention it. Mm. Don't talk about it. I'm covering up my dirt. And it's been, that's another chapter in oppression. Telling you what you can't say. Taking away your freedom. However, there are over public schools, public education, and public education is now like the, I should say, um, the tool of miseducation. Hmm. Not now, always has been the tool of miseducation. They're just new, using it for a more specific purpose now. Uh, and so we have to think of education as what it is that we need to know, not what is being taught. Because what is being taught may have never matched what we need to know. I mean, reading, writing, and arithmetic can be taught without having any particular side effects except for one thing. Reading what? To learn how to read. Mm. And so they have put brain, I should say, uh, propaganda in the reading material and that continues to be that reading material is is another form of propaganda. So you're not just learning how to read, you're learning also how to think. Okay, so let's put it like this. America does not have a good track record on education anyway. It's not like it's getting worse. It is, but it's always been bad. And this person here uh, the miseducation of the Negro. I don't know if it's backwards to you or not. Okay. Uh, this guy saw that happening in 1933. He said, wait a minute. Our 
the more educated we get, the more ineffective we get. We can't do for ourselves as well as we do when we are not educated. So education did not help us become more effective problem solvers for our people. It made us less effective. So that never changed. What the good old country is doing now is making some adjustments. They said, hey, we left something out. We don't want folks to talk about stuff. So let's take the right to talk out of it. Now, that's called freedom of speech when it comes to individuals. But in school, they call it policy. Now, who's being protected by those laws? Nobody except the oppressor trying to protect his reputation and also want to create ignorance among those who are victims. Ignorance so they don't know. So my question is, since oppressors don't stop being oppressors, we have to ask, do we want to continue being the oppressed? And that's a decision we have to make. And that is an answer to that. One says, yes, we want to continue being the oppressed. And the other says, no, we don't like it. So the question is, if you say, no, we don't like being the oppressed, then it's, what are you going to do? And you say, wait a minute, education is not. Now, there's a word. I said miseducation. That means someone who's educating you in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And now let's go to self-education. And that's where you do it yourself. Now, good people have been good enough to write materials that tell you what you need to know. But you have to read that material and learn what it said. They did the research. So I don't care what. Now, there's a lot of people who will not read. but, But I sent you a text, by the way. And it has a list of books. Mm-hmm. And those are some references that we have to see as some primary references. Because slavery is not our history. Slavery is in our history. Mm-hmm. Just like your life story is not when you had a car accident. <laughs> so, oh, my... My life story is I had a car accident. No, that's in your story. But it's not the whole story. You see, slavery never ended. It just got new names. Mm-hmm. But this book here talks about the new Jim Crow, which talks about how In the Constitution, there is a a clause that says that slavery is abolished except for those who are convicted of a crime. Mm Hmm. Convicted of a crime. So now the catch is those who are convicted of crimes can can enter into forced labor. And uh, sure, they might pay you 15 cents an hour. And actually, they might even get you to want to do it because if you don't work, then you go into your cell cell and stay there 
and you don't like that. So you'd rather get out in the open air and be able to work. So now they're making you happy slaves so that you're working now and feeling like you are privileged because you're also making 30 cents an hour. If you get a real high pay, it'd be like 45 cents an hour. And uh, and now you're and your expenses, of course, are very, very high. A telephone call home is going to be four or five dollars a minute. Um, all the concessions are expensive. So so money is very uh, high. I mean, the cost of things is very high in prison. But you get this 45 cents an hour if you're getting a high salary. And so this new, uh, this new Jim Crow then becomes the idea of shaping the system so that you can still have slavery uh, running factories and and cleaning up the countryside and all kind of things. You can still have slavery. And now it's more cooperative because the prisoners rather work than to be in prison, in uh, in the cell. I have a uh, question. Yeah. So, because I, I see how you're emphasizing this concept of self-education versus trying to rely on the public school system. Mm. And it kind of reminds me of, do you know, like the, not really debate, but just kind of the difference in ideologies of W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington, where he is, am, see if I'm correct on this, because I could be wrong on like names and stuff, but W.E.B. Du Bois talked about how like as soon as um, I believe slavery was abolished, um, there were still like some policies and laws within America that he wanted black people to focus on fixing um, versus Booker T. Washington was focused on trying to get black people to like, I guess, work on their trades and like build like their communities up first before we get to the policies. And I was wondering, um, first, are you familiar with this kind of difference? Yeah. It was kind of like this. Higher education, uh, W.U. Du Bois was saying, you know, how education was going to be uh, the most important component and protesting the system uh, and protesting things that are anti-black. Mm-hmm. And and Dr. I mean, Booker T. Washington was saying, let's not worry about protesting right now. Let's just build a better mousetrap and and let's become productive let's become able to produce and create businesses and and build an economy around what we can do and then we can work on our policies later mm-hmm. now I came to the conclusion that they were both correct <laughs> They just didn't realize, hey, we don't have to have either or. What about and? Mm-hmm. And they didn't think about and works too, rather than either or. And that's what oftentimes happens when people are debating. They they forget that and works too. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be what you say or what I say. What about what we say? And put it together. So if they had done that, it would have been a perfect match because they would have been working on both pieces, the higher education, 
protesting different policies and things and working on your skills and your businesses and things like that. Because mm-hmm. it kind of, it brought a thought to my mind in terms of when you said, because the the education systems have always been used as a tool for oppression for black people. Um, we're still, I just feel like it would be kind of awkward to say, let's not worried about, let's not worry about the policy and just work and just think about our self education because other, especially white people or even other races of America, they get to experience kind of like, well, I'm going to just say white people because I'm not sure about other races, but white people still get to experience, um, how do you say, their view, their views and perspectives and critiques of history fully reflected in the education system versus black people. We're still kind of, we still get pushback on that. And I was wondering how, I just feel like that's a... Um, I guess you can say lack of a better word, kind of sad that we have to shift our focus to try and like work our way up another way instead of us also being citizens, also still being born in the U.S. still don't still don't get our our interests reflected in our education systems as well. I think you have another either or situation. Mm. Should we? protest the new policy or should we develop our approach to self-education and kind of like take control of what we learn and think I think we have a we can take the either or out and put an and in there now while we saying no to this we are also working on our own stuff building our own structure of self-education because we don't want to depend on the system that's generated by the oppressor to nurture us because they are not looking for us to become stronger. They're looking for how to make us weaker because we are seen as a national security threat. Uh, I think we are number eight on the list. <laughs> so they don't see our progress as being in favor of America. They see it as being in contradiction. They don't see us as being a part of America. They see us as a threat. So we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to face the truth? America doesn't really see us fitting in, except as individuals. But mm-hmm. as a group, uh-uh. So since they are on uh, uh, to us, we cannot be uh, totally destroyed by that because they've always been saying uh-uh. So by now we should say, since that's the way America feels, what are we going to do? And how are we going to maintain our sense of worthiness and value? Because we are worthy and we are valuable. And just because the country doesn't appreciate us, We've been doing a whole lot to make this country what it is. So we need to know the truth about what we do. And so nobody has to know how well we educate ourselves except us. We don't have to get on TV and talk about it. We don't have to get anywhere. 
All we have to do is know what to do, what books to read and when to do it. We need to make our meetings more beneficial. I mean, we got to talk about things that make us stronger when we come together. And I think we leave a lot of that out. We need to be reading books. We need to promote reading as an essential developmental process. People who talk about don't read, a shame on you. Reading is the way we get freedom of mind. Reading or listening to somebody else reading. But we got to have a way to have access to good information. And we need to have good books and good reading and people who appreciate reading. And let's not become slaves by allowing our minds to be controlled by propaganda and media. Mm-hmm. This makes me excited to see your book. Mm-hmm. Are you still working on it these days? <laughs> I looked at it last night. All right. All right. And I even had somebody t- online to read it. I said, listen, somebody reading my book. Is it, wait, is it published yet? Well, it has an ISBN number, but I don't think it's been, it got a cover and all, but I had not seen the actual out, you know, the actual end product yet. But, I'm going to help you out on that. I'm a, I'm a. I might send you an, a file uh, with it, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that. Send you a file with the whole thing. Page, all 226 <laughs> pages. Oh, that's not bad at all. That's a great read. 200 okay. pages is great. And the whole thing about this is if we don't take responsibility for our own situation and waiting for somebody else to do it, we'll never find a solution. Because nobody cares about you more than you do. Well, nobody cares about us more than we do. And therefore... If we don't have the energy and the drive to do what needs to be done, don't expect anybody else to have it. It's true. And I think that's a great way to end off today. What do you think, Granddaddy? I'll leave it up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is what I say. I say we're good for today. Great. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to episode 11 of Conversations with My Black Grandpa. I really hope you, say it with me, learned something, remembered something, or will do something based off of what you heard. Um, again, feel free to leave us any other topics or like current events that you want us to have conversations about. We will be happy, so happy to do that. Um, check us out on our Instagram at CWMBG. I'm an expert at saying it now, but that is our acronym for the name of our podcast. And yeah, we will see you guys in September. Peace.